Welcome to the JA Show. We have an incredible guest today to talk about a spectacular topic, something that we have to know today, especially in 2020. Now, the biggest thing that we can think about today is how can I reach more people? And so podcasting, that is what we're going to talk about today. And being guests on podcasts as well is definitely one of the great ways to establish your brand, your offering, and most importantly, to show who you are. Now, there is so much more to say when you see, even see the stats, you know, podcasting, it will be a $1 billion industry by 2021. And, you know, when you saw the recent news, we saw Joe Rogan signed an inclusive deal with Spotify, the multi-year deal, it's believed to be worth about $100 million. So it shows that even Spotify is investing so much in that platform. And we see that also the key thing is like with success, you have to have the time, you have to have the commitment and you have to have the right team as well. So we are so excited and thank you to Command Your Brand and Jeremy Slate for your support, for sharing your insights on this episode. We are so excited. So welcome, 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 Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me, Laura. I'm so, so happy to be here and just show some value with the audience today. Uh, it's such a pleasure and we know you do with so confident as well. You share so much already on social media. So make sure you also follow Jeremy Slate on LinkedIn. It's Jeremy Ryan Slate. And I'm just going to share, you know, more about what Command Your Brand does and then also about Jeremy so you can really understand his journey and why he is such an amazing person to be talking about all these relevant you know, matters that we need to think about today to really share with our audience, to really share value. So Command Your Brand is a top public relations firm for the podcasting space and they really help you you understand your perfect audience because that is so key, being very targeted. And they also have programs to help you get in front of the right audience and really teach you to deliver. And most importantly, as we know, the content that you share, they also help you with that too. So you can visit them on their website. It's commandyourbrand.com. You won't forget that. It's commandyourbrand.com. And, you know, Jeremy, he's the CEO of Command Your Brand. (laughs) So he's going to give so much great advice to us. And we have to say, you've got a very cute staff member called Chief Cuteness Officer Princess Adelaide. We have to mention that. She's named after uh, the city in Australia. My wife and I were watching a documentary and we're like, ooh, Adelaide, that's cool. We're going to go with that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. (laughs) I was like, where did that name come from? No, but Adelaide is beautiful as well, I have to say. And so we're going to talk more about your background and then we'll just get really deep into it. So you really know, you know, where he's come from, what he's done and why. Like he can tell us about what success means, especially today. So he's also the founder of Create Your Own Life podcast and it studies the highest performers in the world. And I truly love that because when you learn from someone who's been there, who's done that, you save years of your life. You know, you save making those bad mistakes. And that's the thing about Jeremy. He loves helping people. And a great fact is that he was a former champion powerlifter turned into new media entrepreneur. Okay, you have to show that, Jeremy. Come on. (laughs) You want to say something? (laughs) Okay. So he, you know, he was named number one podcast to listen by Inc. Magazine in 2019. So that's actually quite recent as well. And being named one of the top influencers by Forbes. 
And, you know, I talked about him being a CEO, but he also founded Command Your Brand with his wife. And I think that's incredible, you know, being just having your family to really support that amazing vision that you have for the world. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining us. Welcome, welcome. I wanted to give that great introduction because well-deserved. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I, and I will give my wife tons of credit because she is the brains behind the operation and she's been in PR 10 years before I even got here. So uh, I'm very lucky to, to have someone so qualified and so awesome to be working with. Oh, that's so great. It's good to acknowledge the people around you. I think it's so key to be grateful as well because success, as we know, it's not just about us. It's about the people around us and really support us. And so on that, I love your story too. You know, early beginnings and you've mentioned you know, I've heard you say as well that if I could do it, so can you. So tell us about that and your journey. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I, I whenever every time I've told this in the last few years, I've went back and I forget about the fact that I like delivered newspapers as an 11 year old and I started with a route with 90 people on it. And by the time I finished at 17, I had 280 customers. So I had done a very great job of building this up, but then I just Forgot about that, did the whole go to school thing, got my uh, undergrad degree in Catholic theology and my master's in early Roman Empire propaganda, which is not a very applicable skill in the job world if you want to go do that. uh, Studied literature at New College Oxford, and I thought I was going to be a teacher. So Mm -hmm. I had taught for a couple of years, and when I was 24, my mom ended up actually having a really, really bad stroke. And Mm -hmm. it kind of made me question a lot of the things I was doing. Like, I wasn't very happy in my job. Like, why was I doing this? And I just went through so many different things from network marketing to selling life insurance to selling products on Amazon, which I uh, forgot to leave, I forgot to take the get my product for a dollar promo code off of my listing. So I lost all of my products for a dollar each in like 10 minutes. Oh, wow. So I failed at all these different businesses. And I actually ended up teaching myself how to write uh, HTML and CSS code from reading blogs and watching YouTube videos. So I ended up building websites at a friend's web design firm. And I had been listening to podcasts since like, gosh, like maybe like 2008, 2009. And I had always wanted to do one, but I never really jumped in. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have the experience. I don't you know, have what it takes. And uh, you know, when I started doing working at that friend's web design firm, I started a podcast just as a side project. And uh, it was called the rock your life show. It was absolutely horrible. Uh, it lasted about 60 days. And- <laughs> Why was it horrible? It was just bad. Like, I didn't know what a microphone was. So it was just me talking. At, I had an old iBook G4. So it was me talking to my computer without a microphone. Uh, very life coachy, which people that know me well, like know that I'm not that way at all. Um, the interviews weren't good. They were, you know, me like interrogating people because I didn't know how to how the heck to interview. So it just it wasn't a great experience for anybody. And I quit it very quickly about 60 days in. And six months later, I started to create your own life. After taking some courses, after six learning, days, six, six days, months, later. six, six months. months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I start, took some courses and I learned a lot more about like what it means to be professional and carry yourself professionally. And then that podcast saw ten thousand listens in its first thirty days. So it really took off because I took a t- different viewpoint on it, and that kind of led us to you know more and more incredible people. And then people started saying, "Hey, can you do this for us?" And that's kind of where Command Your Brand came into this whole thing. That's such a journey, and it's also so humbling that you you. You say that, you know, you had your failures and it was horrible. A lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you have to go through that, right? To say, no, that didn't work. That really didn't work. And then make the effort and take the action as well. And I think that's a learning lesson. Sometimes you can spend time thinking, but the most important thing is taking that action. 
And you realize as soon as you took that action, I mean, 10,000 lessons in 30 days, that is truly incredible. And that's why you just have to step out. And so what are your thoughts then? You spoke about college. What would you say to people today thinking of doing a degree? So, so here, here, my viewpoint on this has really, really changed because I came from a small town. It's like five eighths of a mile in size. And like the whole thing was like, nobody goes to college. So if you go to college, you're going to get out. Like it's going to be a big deal. So like my parents like made it seem like it was the ultimate thing and it was going to change the world. And, and the thing that I've learned is the thing we're sold about college is a lie. Like it doesn't, it isn't going to create the success for us. It's the ones that are willing to go out there, get the experience, do things, whatever it may be, they're going to do that. Now I'll say in certain fields, you know, the law, um, healthcare, Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody operating me that hasn't gone to school. That sounds really, really dangerous. There are certain fields where you have to go to school and you have to have that schooling. But I just think with how quickly, you know, education is, or the, the business world is changing. Education just hasn't really kept up. You know, it's based on the humanistic school, which is from like 200 years ago. And it's not really made for the modern economy and modern jobs. And, and also as well, like online marketing is a great example of that, right? Like, it changes week to week, day to day, month to month, and they can't make that into a curriculum and have it out fast enough before it's already changed. So I think part of the problem is the old system doesn't know how to deal with the way careers and jobs have changed. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with that. Things are just moving way too fast right now. And the thing is, there are new jobs today. You can make anything up. I mean, you think about YouTube. You think about some people make money full-time YouTube and they're making millions of dollars. You think about Ryan, you know, Ryan's world, one of the top earners. And Is that the unboxing kid, the kid that opens the boxes? Well, he's, he started off with toys and now he just yeah, yeah. does a lot of stuff, yes. So that's an example. He had a desire. He knew. He spoke to his mother and you spoke about family support. So his mother said, all right, she quit her job when you think about yeah. that to help him. And this is the thing today, there are so many opportunities and being very open to it and find out what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just, I just, and it's, it's interesting too, because it's, like I said, the, the education system and the way it was traditionally built just can't keep up with that because they need to build a syllabus and do all these different things. And by the time you've built it, it's changed. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's why it just, it doesn't have the value it used to have. And, and also because of the, the availability of this kind of inflated credit for school as well the price keeps going up too so it's just it's not a great place to be unless you know you're like I said in very certain places where it's really important to have that education yeah and that's very valuable to know especially when you talk about it from your from your own experience mm-hmm. and so the the words world class and I know you would know this very well especially with a lot of the guests that you work with and so how what does it mean to be world class today in 2020? It means to be somebody that's not just the best at what you do, but you have a mindset of growth, right? You're always willing to find how you can get better at something. You're always willing to try. You're always willing to work at it. And um, I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've uh, seen, there was a documentary series on ESPN recently called The Last Dance, and it was a 10-episode series about the career of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the thing that was really interesting is people said that he was just built differently. Like he would do whatever he had to do to win. He would work harder. He would go to practice longer. He would do all these different things. That's what world class is. You know, it's not somebody that's going to say, okay, I put in my four hours today. I'm going to go take off for the day and do whatever. They're so focused on the goal. They're so focused on being the best or they're so focused on helping others, you know, in a certain way that they're going to do whatever that takes to do ethically, of course, you know, to get there and to really help others. So to me, world class is somebody that wants to continue to grow, continue to get better and is going to continue to be the best at that. Mm, Sounds a bit like us, doesn't it? 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> when you were saying that, I'm like, that's like me. I'm as soon as I get up, I'm just I'm thinking about work. And as soon as I go to bed, I'm still thinking about it because when you're so passionate about something and you always want to make it better. And I think that's the thing. When you have that growth mindset, even though you think, okay, I know I can do better, even though I know that's not the best, but I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. And you probably felt that too when you started podcasting, right? You thought, yes, that's good, but I know I can continue to get better. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Laura, like like I've done 700 and something interviews at this point, and I'll, I didn't feel like I was any good at it until I got to like 200, like because it takes that repetition. It takes that like you kind of learn like a like a sixth sense for interviews. Like you can know like where it's going. You can know what the follow ups like. You can know, you know, where to where to take the conversation, where to steer it. But that's not something I knew early on. You kind of you learn by telling people social cues and things like that, where it's going and you just get better and better and better at it. And you're always trying to see how you can get better at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And it's absolutely you have to do. And so in studying these world-class performers, what's something that you've discovered about the traits that they have, like specifically just by speaking to them? Well, it's it's funny because one of the biggest ones, and it's it's not really a trait, but it's really a life experience thing. I've noticed a lot of them have had some sort of adversity in some way, shape, or form. I love like, how you just said that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they've had you can something pause like- and hear that and say, truly, that's what happens. You know, they, we, we're not free from pain. We're not free from struggle in life. Yeah, like it's almost like like uh, like you look at uh, it's not somebody I've interviewed. I'd love to. But you look at somebody like Tom Brady, right, for the for the New England Patriots drafted in the sixth round. And he's won. He's been in the NFL for 20 years. He's won six Super Bowl championships because he always had the chip on his shoulder. If They said I wasn't good enough. You know, you look at somebody like Grant Cardone, who has been on my show, and the guy was in drug rehab at 25, and he's come mm-hmm. out and, you know, look at what he's done now. So you see, like, there, there's this ability that, you know, maybe they were dealt a bad hand or they had difficulty or whatever, but they're going to work through it. Bedros Koulian, uh came to America from, I believe, Armenia, and his family was so poor, he was feeding himself, his family out of garbage cans to be able to eat. And, you know, the guy's a multi-multi-millionaire now in the business world. So, like adversity for them is something that that is a great teacher but at the same time it's something to motivate them because they're willing to to go that extra mile because they've had the worst you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I completely sympathize with that and I know that and you know when you go through that it just pushes you harder and you know I love Oprah for example she's an she's got an amazing story um, Paulo Coelho with his book, The Alchemist. The thing is, people love the book, but when you hear about his actual story and what he went through, and he knew when he was young he wanted to be a writer, and he went through all of that, and then when you see now, he's got so much success and how much he's touching people. Well, and I guess like looking at success too, that's another thing I've seen with all the people I've spoken to is there's this like mindset shift. They go from the idea of me to we, and once they can flip about, it's not all about just me; it's about me helping others you like see this kind of like massive explosion in their growth in what they're doing because they're not focused on them anymore. They're focused on how many people can I help and how can I help them? And it's, I've just seen it again and again and again. It's a mindset shift when you're just focused on you and what you can get out of something, it's only going to go so far and it ends pretty quickly. I love how you just said that. I truly love how you just said that because it is the absolute truth. When you think about others, it's not, you know, and I always, I always think of that too in terms of when you give, when you think about others, that is truly about all these people who are successful. They're always trying to find ways how they can add more value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge, yeah. It's huge. I think we need to stop and pause and think <laughs> and remember 
<laughs> because that sometimes, you know, when I, I'm, I'm like, when you hear so much truth, sometimes you do need to stop and listen and really find yeah. out that is true success being to help. You know, you can have that ability to help others. And the thing was, we always have that ability. It doesn't matter how old we are, where we are in our life. We always have that ability to do that. Well, and, and I would say another thing that I've learned as well um, is, and it can be a gift and a curse, right? Like it can be a gift and a curse is this idea of good is never good enough, right? Because it can drive somebody to continually get better, but it can also drive them, you know, to, to not feel great about where they are. So you got to kind of learn how to balance continually wanting to get better while also being present in the moment and present in a place and present in the time, because, you know, you can forget about your family. You can forget about how much you've succeeded already and all these things. So it is a balance as well of like, good is never good enough because you want to get better, but you have to remember like what you have now is pretty great. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's another thing I've seen with all the people I've spoken to. Mm, be grateful for what you have where you are at the moment and great things will continue to come to you when you have that abundance mindset it's just what you attract and so with some of the great guests what you know what is there something that someone said to you and it completely changed your life because sometimes I realize it only takes that one person You know, it wasn't really something someone said, but um, even when I first started my podcast in early 2015, like I've always been a big reader of, of Grant Cardone books and the book, The 10X Rule, like changed my life. So I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to interview this guy. I've got to learn from him. But like, I was nobody. Like I had no Twitter following. I had no Instagram following, LinkedIn, whatever. I just had this brand new podcast that had somewhat taken off. So I pitched Grant Cardone uh, over a seven month period once a month, every seven months. And I'd always get told no. And then I happened to be working at a fundraiser in New York city. And, um, my wife was working the VIP line and I'm hanging off some scaffolding, helping people hang the scaffolding. And she goes, you're never going to believe who's here. Get over here now. And it happened to be Grant Cardone was the person she was speaking to. So, (laughs) so I get the chance to talk to Grant and like, you meet somebody like this and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this guy's a really big deal. Like, why would he want to talk to me? And you, you, I meet him and he, just want to know all about me and what I did. And I'm like, this is really kind of cool. So, you know, he's like, you have a podcast. Yeah. I'd love to be on that podcast. I'm like, what you would, your team told me, no, he's like, great. So you're going to email this person. This is the time we're going to do it. We're going to get it done. So to me, it was just so cool that somebody that was so successful and to me seemed so unreachable made me feel important and special. And that's something that I've tried to carry into each interaction since then, because I think so many times we look at people that maybe aren't on our success level or that maybe we don't think are worth our time in that moment and we don't treat them great. And you have to remember like how you treat somebody is how you treat everybody. And that's how you have to really try and make that work. And that's something I've taken with me since that day. Mm-hmm. And so with, I, I'm thinking about persistence. Now that was true persistence and it seemed like yeah. it was the right time. And yeah. the reason why their team kept saying no, when you think about the whole situation is, because you needed to meet him personally for him to say yes to you. Yeah. And like actually get a chance to meet him, which was very, very cool for me. <laughs> and, and so for a lot of people out there, what would you say about being persistent? Because um, I think persistence is the biggest thing that's kind of between you and your dreams. And, and people always ask me because I've had like tons of celebrities on the show and stuff like that. Like, how did you get these people? And I'm like, well, I'm annoyingly persistent. You have to realize that because I think a lot of people get a no and they think a no is just a no and they don't follow up with that no. I have a running spreadsheet of hundreds of people that I really want to interview that get followed up with every 30 to 60 days. So that way I know like, when was the last time they were contacted? What was the last thing that was said? You know, where do we go with this? And I have my team following up with those people. Like persistence is the biggest thing between you and your dreams. 
You have to be able to continually run into that wall and know each time you're hitting it, it's weakening a little bit and you're going to break through it eventually. Hmm, that's powerful to know. And then, so how would, say for the second time you would follow up, what would you say differently? So it depends. It's, it's very depending on the person, right? Because you have to know, like, what are they doing in their content calendar? Like they have a book coming out or something like that. Like, Hey, you know, I know I haven't heard from you the first time, but I did see you have XYZ book coming out. Um, I loved blank about the book. I would love to, you know, chat about that and help you get more attention for that or whatever it may be. Or, you know, maybe I noticed that, you know, this charity is really important to you. Great. Let's get that more attention. Let's talk about it in the show. So it's very particular to the person. Um, cause I find too often people are just kind of doing like a cookie you know, cutter approach, Yeah, a cookie cutter. When we see it on LinkedIn too, right. You get all these cookie cutter pitches where people are saying the exact same thing. And it's just like, it doesn't break through, right. It doesn't separate you. It doesn't make people remember you and realize, Hey, a human being behind a computer sent you this email or this phone call or whatever it may be. It's not just like an autoresponder hitting you. Mm, that, that's so true. And so as we speak about that, I think another big thing we need to think about is attention. I mean, in today's world where everything's just, there's just so much information. And so we see that gaining that attention through the power of podcasts, being guests on podcasts is something that's quite valuable as well that you've Mm -hmm. seen, right? Yeah, no, I've absolutely seen it. And the the space is growing so fast because I know um, it was January this year that we hit 900,000 podcasts, which the beginning of 2018, it was 600,000. Um, and then just um, in April, we went over a million. So the wow. space is growing very, very fast, which says a couple of things. There's number one, there's a lot of opportunity because shows are so niched in a different part, different you know categories where you can listen to. But at the same time, you have to stand out or you're not going to get remembered. So that's really important to take a look at. And it's an interesting balance. But there's so much opportunity out there in the podcast space, especially with you know like what we're doing now. It's long form content. Like you don't get a chance to really build a relationship with a listener like you can on a podcast and any other type of medium. Absolutely agree because you really get to know you get to know someone even like within an hour, for example, within a thirty yeah. minute conversation, and it's such a free conversation. That's what I find as well. You can really express yourself, and and so you talk about standing out. So what are the best ways you think through a podcast you can stand out with a more than one million podcasts that are available today? Yeah, well, I just want to say something to your last point first, too, because I think um, Apple did a study with their beta stats program, and they found that people are, are actually sticking around for 80% of an episode. Yes. So let's say you're making a piece of long-form content, and somebody's listening to 80% of that, and let's say it's 20 minutes. That's incredible, like, to be able to spend that amount of time with people. Um, in terms of standing out, like, you need to take a look at what your viewpoints are that are different and, and really emphasize those, because I think too often – People are looking what Gary Vee is saying. They're looking at what Grant Cardone is saying. They're looking at what Mark Metry is saying. And they're just spitting it right back out. You know, they're, they're looking at what Gretchen Rubin is saying. They're just spitting it out. They're not deciding what is uniquely me. What are my viewpoints? What do I believe on things? And if you don't do that, you're not going to stand out. Um, one, of, one of my good friends and one of my mentors is a, is a gentleman named David Breyer. And David has always said, like, oh, hi, David, I spoke oh, to David incredible. this week. Shout out. Uh, David is an awesome human and he's been <laughs> such a great mentor to me. Um, but talk, he's, we did ours. We said, all right, okay, maybe 50 minutes. And we literally went 75. And I said to David, oh, what's your final words? And, and then you know what David said? Oh, already? What? I thought we just got started. <laughs> but he's, he said something to me in 2016 that has stuck with me ever since. And that's the idea of differentiation, right? If you aren't different, you actually promote everybody else in your space. So if you don't wow. know how you're different, if you don't know how you're different, you're just promoting podcasts and people don't know Laura's podcast versus Jeremy's podcast versus anybody else's. If they don't know what makes your viewpoints uniquely different, 
So you need to find those and emphasize them or podcasting may not even be the right space for you. Hmm. And that's truly king. And when you think about that, it's being you because we are all, when you think about, we are all so different, even the way we sound, the way we talk, the way we think. And, you know, I've spoken to so many people this week as well. And even, even though they could be in the same industry, the way they speak, the way they think, the way they operate, it's so different. And that's why they're so successful. You know, finding that what makes you so unique. And that's a really, really great point. And people love you more for it because they see that you are so real. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you have to think about podcasting as some of the best networking you're ever going to do. And that's whether it's with the guests and the host or whether it's with the people that are listening to you. Uh, it's an incredible opportunity to get a chance to spend time with people. And if they don't know who you are, they're not going to remember you. Mm, that's very true. And so when you think about using a podcast to be seen as a leader in your industry, what can you say more about that? Because I think it's key that you, you use platforms that are available today and podcast is such a huge one. You have to niche down till it hurts. And and because I think so many people want to go super, super broad, right? They're like, I have the show for absolutely everybody. And the problem with that is you have a show for no one because it doesn't communicate to a specific type of person. So a great example of that would be like, so I have, uh, a, and, and it's crazy some of the examples I've seen, but like, let's say you have a podcast that is servicing naturopathic doctors that want to learn how to manage their business better. Boom, you could become the king in that space because that is super niched. Or you are somebody that wants to help financial people that help people manage their money, but in a way that they can have more freedom in their life. Boom, that's super niche. You need to go down very, very tight because then once you build a following tight, you can come out more broad, but you got to start small and scale out from that. If you start too wide, then there, you, you don't really have any place to go because you're not going to catch anything with your net. You get what I'm saying? Like you got to start small mm-hmm. and then use that base to then grow out. And that's why even when I talk about what people do with their media strategy, like I tell people, like, even if you're promoting a podcast, like start with your local media. I think too often people pull away from their local media. And what I mean by that is uh, we had a small local newspaper um, in my town that went to every house in that in the county and the counties around that on a Thursday. So I knew if I wrote a press release on a Tuesday and got it into them, they'd probably run it because nothing else happens in my town. So then I was able to get that out and get a lot of media coverage early on. So I was actually connecting to my small power base. And the same is for connecting to your audience and podcasts. Connect to the people that care about your message and grow from there. Don't try to grow first because you never will. Really? You can't Mm -hmm. go so wide. You have to really connect with your people. That's what I find as well, because in the in the world that we are in today, people are always thinking everything needs to happen so fast. So another theme that we need to think about is well, because internet right? marketing is lied yeah. to us because they're like, I made a million dollars in 60 yeah. days. And it's like, no, you didn't, you liar. Um, so like, I, I think too often we're, we're taught that everything's supposed to be quick and we're not willing to put in the work and the time and the research to kind of find out who those people are going to help. I feel like I'm I'm kind of talking out of soapbox here a little bit. I apologize, Laura. <laughs> We're just telling it like how it is. You're telling it how it is. So listeners, he's just telling it like how it is. And that this is why, you know, you are so different. You just tell it like it is. And and the way you do it. And I think that's a key thing because when you when you say things, you're actually thinking about others. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just, you know, saying an opinion, but you're actually thinking about others and saying, being patient. And I think that's the key thing as well. Being patient is one of the elements as well when you think about success, being persistent. And you even saw with that journey with Grant Cardone, seven months. Yeah. 
you know, or like I, I had Dave Asprey on my podcast. It took me three and a half years to get that podcast on. So like, you have to be willing to be consistent and get the time in, and not just give up. And, and I think that's what a lot of people do. Mm, absolutely. And so when we think about some of these elements we've been talking about, I know a lot of people could focus on the operation, trying to get everything right, all the details. But another major thing is getting the marketing right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. You and I were talking about this before, and I say the major mistake people actually make is they don't get the basics off of their plate first. So, you know, one of the things that I've done with every single thing I've done, whether it's bringing on a new position in my company or, you know, bringing on, uh, you know, somebody else new to help me with the podcast is I'm a crazy, crazy documenting person. Um, I write up every single step of everything I do in a Google Doc, and then I also do a screen capture video or recording of that process as well. So everything I've done is processed. So then what I can do is I can go out and find somebody to then take that over. So like, for example, with podcast editing, I wrote up every single thing around it, and then I went on onlinejobs.ph, and I hired somebody uh, you know, in the Philippines to then hire, handle a lot of that process for me. Um, so then what happens is I can concentrate on marketing. Cool. Okay, so now I'm going to build the marketing program. Then I'm going to find somebody to run portions of that marketing program, um, you know, whether it be on LinkedIn or whether it bring on Facebook or whatever it may be. But too often we get caught in the minutia and we can't do the bigger vision stuff, which is what we need to do, right? An executive is, is somebody that should be enabling others to get things done, not just thinking they have to do everything because you're not going to get very far doing that. Mm, that's so true and really focus and thinking about in terms of teamwork I think that's the key yeah. thing it's, it's always easy to, easier to think I need to learn everything myself I can go to YouTube and well you find do it. to a point you do to a point because then you can become effective in your business right so like so like that's why I say I create a process first then I find somebody to do it because mm. then if something's going wrong in there I can then you have an jump idea. in there and yeah I'm not effective what's happening I can be cause of what's happening um, so it's important to understand, but you don't have to do it all. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think also when you do start, you do need to be heavily involved just to understand because it's representing your brand. Right. No, it's yeah. actually representing your brand. So when you know it well and when you start assigning people to the jobs, they're going to ask you, how do you want me to do it? Right. <laughs> What's the yeah, best and way? It, and, and if you're going to write a program for like strategy for your brand, like you need to know what each one of the aspects are that are getting done um, so that you can do a proper strategy. Um, and, and enable your team to do it right. Absolutely. And so when, when we think about the value of being a guest on a podcast, what are some of the breakthroughs that you've seen as well with yourself and then also just with other people? Because another key thing we're seeing is collaboration today is even, even more important, showing that. So I, it's, it's funny because my, my story on it's like crazy. Like I've spoken uh, all across Europe, all across South America, all across the US. I've never pitched for a speaking gig. It's all been stuff that's come in from a podcast because people have known about me and been interested in whatever it may be. So like it's created a really great awareness and level of trust for me to kind of get a lot of great opportunities that like, honestly, I wouldn't even know how to go out and get. They just came inbound because of what I've been able to create and, you know, you know what I've been blessed to be able to create. So like for me, it's been incredible. Like I've spoken in so many different places, you know, the company's growing around it. Um, if, if we have a we had another client that uh, they had a uh, digital marketing and coaching business and by getting on the right podcast, they actually, and I don't know why it was all exactly the same, but they doubled their email list. They doubled their own podcast downloads and they also doubled the revenue of their company uh, in a 90 day period because they were getting in front of exactly who they needed to be in front of and giving them the message they needed to deliver to them. So like, and that's what the incredible thing is going back to the niching is you can get in front of just the type of niche that you want to be in front of, you know, whether it's 
certain types of doctors, whether it's certain types of service providers, whether it's people that are entrepreneurs that want to learn how to be a business owner, you can select it on a crazy level that allows you to just talk to your people. Mm, that's so key to really understand that. I think being very targeted and being very conscious about what you're doing as well and the people that you want to reach because that's it, the end goal. You want to have great results from what you do. And that was quite rapid as well, you think, within 90 days to be able to do that. And that just shows you how I, I can't well. promise that for everybody, but they really <laughs> hit their people. And, and that was very, very cool. And it's, the, you know, the interesting thing about it, Laura, is because so many of us have this, it's a balancing of knowing what's effective versus ego, right? And that's when you're looking mm -hmm. at the show you want to be on, like, is this because I want to be effective or is this because I, because of my ego and because I would just want to feel cool. And that's one of the things you really got to try and balance out, which can be hard sometimes. Mm, absolutely. And that's why you need to surround yourself with the great people so they can tell you. <laughs> yeah. And you have to be able to receive that too, though. <laughs> absolutely. I, I haven't always been great at receiving it, so I understand. <laughs> and so what do you think about that? What, how would you define success in podcasting? I think too often people try to look at it in numbers or in monetary or whatever it may be. But I, I think in all honesty, success in podcasting is being able to, to get your brand in front of more people so that your business itself grows. I think people too often see the podcast itself as the product or the end product. Like, what's well, it generating main advertising dollars or, you know, how many downloads am I getting? The thing you need to look at is what has this podcast generated for my business? You know, has it brought in more clients? Cool. Has it connected me to more people that I need to be connected to in my industry? Great. So that's more of how I look at it. How is it helping and assisting my business? And how is it part of my overall marketing plan? Rather than just like how many downloads have I gotten and how much money have I made directly off the show? Because I think too often that's what people are looking at as, and that's why they quit by 30 episodes because they don't have the bigger, broader vision of how is this bringing new people in the door for my company? Mm. And thinking about it from a long-term point of view as well, rather than just the numbers, because yeah. you could you could have one, you know, say you had less downloads, but you have the right people and the right people who would love to buy and also collaborate with you. And I think that's a key thing that you mentioned as well. And so when you think about success, what about some of the failures? And, and you know, you don't have to be shy now. <laughs> what, are some, what are some of the failures that you first made when you started? So we can help some of our... Uh, ages 24 through 27 uh, <laughs> is what I'll say. No. <laughs> Share more. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think a lot of it came from, you know, number one, I didn't have an understanding of business. Like I was an academic, like I didn't quite understand that. So I didn't understand like how much effort it was going to take. And that's why the 10X rule was such a game changer for me. Because like when I got into, uh, you know, the first business that I, I quit my job to go into, which yikes, I can't believe I did that, uh, was network marketing. Because I saw this business, this business plan video and I thought I was going to be like a gazillionaire in a week and a half and it, it just didn't work like that. Uh, so I didn't understand the amount of effort it was going to take to get that product. Um, life insurance. I was pretty darn good at it, but like. I just hated the idea of sitting down with somebody and being like, so you're going to die and you really like your family, right? You wouldn't want anything to happen to them, right? You should probably buy this product. So like I had to find, you know, something that I could do that helped me advance my own purpose, which I think too often people think they know their purpose out of the box. And it's just not true. It's the more you do things, the more you get closer and closer and closer to that purpose. So yeah, I failed at a lot of different things until I basically figured out, hey, man, I want to help other people you know, grow their own businesses, get seen and become leaders in their space. Um, and it didn't really start out like that. Like I said, I failed in network marketing. I failed at selling life insurance. I failed at selling products in Amazon. Um, <laughs> I didn't do a lot of things well. I failed at that first podcast. So you can't really let failure knock you down. 
you have to look at each one of those experiences that I'm grateful for each one of those experiences because each one taught me something mm. like network marketing taught me how to make, um, you know, have sit down meetings with people, which I wasn't good at. I was not super social, which knowing me now, you wouldn't believe that. Um, I learned how to make a hundred phone calls a day from selling life insurance because I knew that was the level of what I needed to do in order to make a sale. So I've learned something from each and every one of those things. And I think that's how you need to look at failure is what can this thing teach me so that eventually something's a win. But I think one of the most profound things that you just mentioned was purpose, you know, mm -hmm. finding out what your specific purpose is because all of those roles, there's nothing wrong with them because if it's your purpose to work in insurance, I mean, that is amazing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. You have to find specifically what that definite purpose is for you because when you know that it's like, yes, things can be, tough sometimes and you do go through some temporary defeats but when you know it's your purpose you know you can get up and you know when you get up sometimes people always say you can choose faith over fear and especially with you know what's happening in the world today is we have a choice you know we have a choice on how we respond with everything that can happen in our life mm -hmm. Well, and I think at the same time too, like, and I, I, I'm 33, so I think I fall in this millennial generation. Like, I think like one of the things that my generation is really, really bad at is this whole idea of like, oh, if it's not my purpose, I can't do it. So you have a lot of kids that are like barely working or barely trying to make things go right because it's quote unquote, not their purpose. So I think, yes, it's important to be on purpose, but you can't know the, let the idea of not knowing your purpose out of the box stop you. Um, there's a really, really awesome book that I read uh, by Cal Newport called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Mm -hmm. It talks about finding something you're good at and you continue to get better and better and better and better at that thing so that you become passionate about it. And I think that's what you have to do is just commit to something and then you'll start to find yourself finding what your passion is. You can't say that passion has to come first because you're never going to do anything and get off your duff. You know what's so funny, Jeremy? You know what's so funny? What you just said, I've been thinking about that these last few days, exactly the same words. Exactly. <laughs> Be so good that they cannot ignore you. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, when I hear people say amazing things or you just have these amazing thoughts, it's always like stop and think. And sometimes in our life, we're just so rushed. You know, there's so many good information out there. But sometimes you think be so good at your purpose Mm -hmm. So they cannot ignore you. Yeah. And we've seen that over and over again. When you are so good, when you're so dedicated to what you do, people see it. They just cannot ignore you at all. Absolutely. And it's, it's goes back to the idea of being world-class, right? You keep advancing at that skill, getting better at that skill, getting working on it, working on it, working on it. And that's where the passion comes in. You know, you can't, you can't think it comes first because, oh, I'm not passionate. I can't do that because you're probably not going to do anything because without experience, you don't know what you're passionate about. Mm, that's true. So sometimes people say, oh, passion, passion, but it is actually really important. How, no, how would is. you say through your journey? It's, it's key, right? It's what makes you want to get up each and every day, but you have to, I guess, I don't know. I've kind of looked at my, my life as a survey of a bunch of different things to find out what I really like to do. I love history and I'm passionate about history, but I don't know how to make that, you know, like change the world or, or you know, make a lot of money. Um, I'm passionate about telling stories, which is what's kept me in the podcast space and what's helped me to tell other people's stories. So you kind of, the more things you do and the more options you give yourself, the more ability you have to find out what you really like and what you're really mm -hmm. good at. I loved how you just touched on telling stories. So what do you think the best way of telling stories is? 
with connecting it's, with your audience. It's, it's connecting with people on a human level, right? Like it's like, because I think far too often people tell every single part of their story and you have to remember that like your story that connects to what you do now and that's the transformation you've made and that you want to show other people you can help them do. So telling a great story like really connects with somebody on a human level. And once you have that connection, you then have the ability to and the permission to then teach somebody and you get it down to really the core things you want somebody to walk away with because far too often you hear somebody that they'll give you every single thing they've ever learned about something. And you got to remember, like, we're all at different, you know, phases in our growth. We're all at different places in our life. We're all listening from different areas. What are the key messages that can communicate to anybody, no matter where they are in their life, that can help them make a change? And when you tie those things together, people feel you as a human being. They understand you as a human being. And you're talking about universally human concepts. That's what a good story looks like. And that's why we look at stories like, you know, the hero's journeys, like the Odyssey and the Iliad and all these things that have continued year after year, generation after generation, because they have the ability to bring us in as people and make us feel like we're part of that experience. That's so true. That's so true. And I remember just a clear example. I was so authentic with one of my stories and it was just me being me. And I was talking about, um, it was, it was called, you can, you just need to run, like you don't need shoes. And I was sharing a story about my humble beginnings. But, you know, through that, I actually closed like a 12-month contract with one CEO because he just loved that story. And so sometimes just by telling a story, just by showing who you are as well and where you've come from and how far you have gone and how much you're willing to help and how human you are, just like you said. It breaks down all those natural barriers, right? Because we all have all these barriers we put up of why we, you know, um, I don't want the car salesman to walk up to me or I don't want, you know, X, Y, Z to happen. And when you just forget about that and just remember to be human, you break down all those natural barriers that we have as people that are stopping us from communicating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we've had so much fun, Jeremy. I know we could talk forever. <laughs> I feel like I can get a little passionate. So I feel like I feel like I, I apologize if I come over too strong. <laughs> How can you apologize for that? And I think that's great energy. That's something about Jeremy. He gives so much great energy. Now, what are some of the final thoughts that you could share with our listeners? I would say, honestly, get clear on who you are and get clear on your message before you worry about getting out there. Because I think far too often people are like, I got to get out there. I got to get attention. I would say start with your message and who you're helping before you ever worry about getting out there. And once you've got it clear, hit the ground running and make sure everybody that is in that niche that you need to reach knows about you. That's what I would tell them. Mm, That's okay. And I always say that, you know, knowing thyself is absolute wisdom. You need to know who you are first. So then people can trust you. They know what your message is about and you can create that relationship. It just goes so much more deeper. And we have, I have to ask you, shout outs, shout outs for, you know, people. What's that? Any shout outs? Shout out for Adelaide. Shout out. Yeah, shout out for Adelaide. Why not? She's, she's, she's 19 months old now. I'm taking her to the beach again this weekend as our beaches are finally opening up here in New Jersey. Um, and, you know, it's funny because it's like she's like I said, she's 19 months old. She's been to seven different countries already. I'm like, man, I wish I had the life that we're creating for this kid. It's just so it's wow. so exciting to be the future she's got ahead of her. And it's amazing. Your podcast the name is Create Your Own Life. And that's exactly what I've done. <laughs> That's why you but, have but, to be the example. Yeah. You know, be it, the example. It came from a conversation I had with my dad of like, you know, once I had thought that like, you know, teaching was this thing and I quit it on a whim. He goes, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to create my own life. And it kind of, at the, my, he was like, okay, wow. 
Um, it created a lot of questioning for my parents always asking me like, hey, are you okay? Do you need money? How are things going? Um, and then when I started seeing the success, it's kind of like they've been my biggest fans, my biggest supporters. And you have to just kind of be willing to take that leap sometimes. Willing, yeah, you just have to. <laughs> because I was thinking on my last dying days, what am I going to be thinking? I do not want to have any regrets at all yeah. because, you know, life is a gift and every single day is a gift as well. Make your, you know, do your best and also make the most of every single situation that you have as well. And so, you know, make sure you get in touch with Jeremy on LinkedIn. It's Jeremy Ryan Slate and the website is commandyourbrand.com. They deliver amazing, you can just hear if you just hear everything that he just said, I mean, come on. <laughs> you see that he can really help and his persistence and his drive and his purpose. I think that's one of the most important things as well. He's so clear on his purpose about how he wants to help the world. So we just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Laura. I'm just really stoked because like I said, I've, I've followed you for at least a year plus before we've had this call. So I'm just really grateful that you had me on today. Oh, we are grateful. We are grateful. <laughs> thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. What you think about, you bring about. But just make sure you also speak it out. Don't allow your silence to kill your dreams. Make it happen and know the universe is on your side, especially when you know exactly what it is you want. If you put your focus, energy and positive thoughts on what you desire, you'd see the abundant opportunities come your way. Whatever it is, if you have that burning desire, it's as if it was meant to be. You feel it in your heart and it moves you to action. The universe gives you what your heart desires. Speak your dreams, speak it out, and do not silence your dreams. Keep your voice and visions alive. For pre-orders of my book, Your Silence is Killing Your Dreams, register on my website www.lauraerivero.com and I'm sure to keep you updated on the release.